0: God, praise God, what a great song, you are good, you are good, and this morning we're going to dive into how exactly God is good, and how we can dive into really fighting the battle against the enemy along with God, I want to ask a few questions, all right, you don't have to answer, you can think in your mind, you can nudge a person to your side if this applies to them, okay, I'll look away, does anyone know someone, that has all the kitchenware in their kitchen and does not use it. All right, I'll look away. Does anyone know, maybe maybe in the instance of a mechanic, and their awesome, really hardworking job, if they have all the equipment, if they have all the tools, and let's say even the people, to arm a vehicle as they should and, and make it run just perfect, but they don't use that equipment, they don't use that those tools, what good is it? What good is it? And what about, for instance, we talked about a baker, for instance, a person in the kitchen. But also a doctor, lastly a doctor. They have all the certifications, all the uh, knowledge. They went to school for 12 plus years. They have the clinic, but they don't put it to use. God just rang the doorbell. (laughs) and they don't put it to use, then what good is it, right? They have all, these, all this knowledge. They have the white coat on. They're ready to jump in, but yet they don't want to, and they just don't put their knowledge and their skill, their God-given skill, to use. Then what good is it? I did want to give a disclaimer. The men's, uh, the, this morning, the men's Bible study, or the high schoolers, we went to McDonald's to grab some food. All right, we, we don't like to be enclosed in small spaces, so we just kind of have our lesson. We, we watch right now media, and then we, we dip out of the room, and we just go have a good um, meal for breakfast. Um, this is only for high school guys, so I, I apologize to everyone that wants to join us. But a disclaimer is that I feel extremely like God has an extra word because those burritos were extremely good this morning. But as we dive in and as you turn in your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 13. We're going to start there, and I'm going to be preaching verses 18 through 20, but I want to go back just a few verses, and we're going to really get the picture uh, painted for us as we go to the main verses, which is 18 through 20. And before we do so, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, God, um, may you be with me as I attempt to preach your word clearly, Lord God, make it Allow it to make sense to all of us this morning. And Lord, um, Lord, may you bring conviction to our hearts, each and every one of us, that we may grow closer to you, especially now as we learn about prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. So let's start in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Now what's really cool about this is I'm about to dive in to the battle that we're all fighting. Some of you guys came like, wait. I didn't come ready to battle. I didn't bring, no, I have no gear. I'm about to show you exactly what you need to fight the spiritual battle that we're all dealing with today, okay? So starting with Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 through 13, it says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, amen. So what is this talking about, right? Armor of God, I didn't come strapped on my side I just left that at home it's in the truck I don't have any of that with me but what we're talking about in a way in a lot of ways is a lot more serious than the physical battle that you and I see in the world or we see crime happen um, sometimes or often but we're going to talk about a spiritual battle going on in this world today and it doesn't matter if you believe it or not it's going to happen regardless all right so in these few verses we learned about The explanation of the fight. That our battle is not against flesh and blood, what we see, but against the evil powers of the air, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, heavenly realms. Have you guys, I know there's some in here that love video games or love sci-fi movies you might say, well, whenever I see a movie, and it talks about another realm, and you kind of go through this portal, and it pushes you into another world. Do you know we live in a world like that? We might not be able to get pushed into another portal here, but we live in a world that, that contains all of this, but we just can't see it. There's a battle going on that we do not see, and it's in the spiritual realm. This is the physical, and none of us, I don't think, have traveled to the, to the uh, spiritual realm, Right? But there's a battle going on between evil and good, between God and everything that's evil. And we get to partake in that. So those few verses talked about the explanation of the fight. It painted the picture. This is the fight that we have going on. Now let's talk about Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. And we're going to talk about a different part of the battle real quick. 14 through 17 says this. Stand firm then with the belt. Of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Lastly, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. We talked about the explanation of the fight. Here is talking about the equipment for the fight. The equipment that you and I need to fight this spiritual battle going on in the world, going on in our own souls. Uh, we talked about it this, this past Wednesday. It's not the devil and the angel on your shoulders. It's the flesh within you, the sinful nature fighting against the spirit living within you, which is the Holy Spirit. So that's the spiritual battle. So there's a spiritual battle going on in the world, but there's also something going on within each and every one of us. And to touch base on that real quick, you might not know, and a lot of the youth, when I shared this this past Wednesday, were just like, wait a minute, I didn't know this, and because I, I know this now, I'm a, little, I'm a little frightful, I'm a little scared. Their faces looked a little shocked. But I was talking about the spiritual battle going on within them, that the flesh, at the core of who they are as human beings, they don't want anything to do with God. And it's the same with everyone here. At the core of who we are as human beings, we don't want any part of God. But everything that is good within us comes from the Lord. And even that little ounce to be hungry to know more of who he is comes from God. All right, so you might have come this morning to get, you know, a pat on the back and said, hey, you did good this week. But I'm sorry, but the word of God says differently, saying saying that there's a battle going on within each and every one of us here today. But what's awesome is that because you're here this morning, you're feeding the spirit within your soul so you can fight against the flesh living within you, all right? So we want to across the, uh, the equipment for the fight, salvation, righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the gospel of peace on our feet. We're equipped, and this, as Pastor shared a few weeks ago, this mimics the armor that the Roman sh- soldiers would wear. All right, so that's what it's mimicking. And Paul does a really good job to take the context of where he is and connect it with the word that he's sharing from God. Now that we went over the explanation of the fight, the equipment for the fight, let's dive into what we're specifically talking about today, which is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 18 through 20. We got the picture, right? We got the picture. Let's dive in. Verse 18 says this, and pray... In the spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Talked about the explanation of the battle the equipment. Now, we're going to talk about putting it into action, all right? You've been called by God. You accepted him into your heart. You believe in Jesus that he died on the cross for you. You know you have salvation. You're trying your best to wrap the belt of truth around your life. You're fitted and wanting to be fitted with the gospel of peace. You have the helmet of salvation, and now you're ready. You're, you're all armored up, and you're just like, where's the battle? How do I fight? Where do I go? What direction do I go? And we're shared with here in God's word that it is through prayer. It is through prayer. And now as I shared examples in the beginning, the doctor, they have all these certifications, degrees. They don't put it to use. What good is it? The mechanic knows every part of a vehicle or whatever device that they're working on but doesn't put it to use. What good is it? And the baker has all the equipment in the kitchen. And maybe those that were from a a wedding gift years and years and years ago, that they're still haven't opened. What good is it if they don't use it to bake? Now, for the Christian, we know the battle. We've been aware of it from today. We have the equipment, but what is what is it if we don't put it to use? And the way we put it to use is through prayer. Now, my first point is this. We are to pray in agreement with God. Verse 18, going back there, says, and pray in the spirit. We'll pause there. Pray in the spirit. Does this mean that the moment you start praying, you're going to jump up and down and speak in in words that you don't know? Don't think so. But does it mean that you're going to speak the words of God? Yes. So what what does it mean to pray in agreement with God and to pray in the spirit? It means this, that when we pray we can pray God's word, that we pray in agreement with God, what God has already said. And I like to say this, and I learned this from a sermon I was listening to the other day, but if what, you, what you're learning from God's word is new, it's not true. Because if you're saying something that no one else has said before in God's word, it's not true. All right, so when we pray, we pray in agreement with God. We can read through his commandments. We can read in the old and the new and say, Lord, you said in your word that you would never forsake me. So when you pray, you can pray knowing that God has never or will never forsake you. When you read the word, you learn about being justified before God. No matter if you sin today, tomorrow, the next day, you know that because you are redeemed through Christ... You are justified before the Father. That means that you can come to the throne with your filth and say, Lord, forgive me. And Jesus is going to say, because I died on the cross for you, you are forgiven. So when you pray, you can come to the Lord with confidence knowing, Lord, I don't feel all that confident right now. I did something and I feel a lot of guilt for it. And I feel a lot of shame. But Lord, I repent and I confess my sin to you. You can come to the Lord with confidence because of what God's word says. In prayer. So that's what it means to pray in the Spirit, to pray in agreement with what God has already said. So, point one is pray in agreement with God. And I want to ask everyone here who, who wants to make God part of your plans? Just think about it. If you're here today, answer it in your own heart, heart down here, mind up here, heart in your mind. Do you want to make God part of your plans? I would be shocked if someone said, I absolutely don't. Good luck. That, that's really hard. That would be hard for me to hear. But I'm sure everyone here, a little, maybe a percentage of you wants to make God part of your plans. But let me tell you to stop right there. Don't go any further. It's a sin to make God part of your plans. You got to make yourself part of God's plan. And the way that you get to know what God is doing is through prayer. I know a lot of us have family members that might live around Virginia or elsewhere around the world, and don't you get to a point in time to where you know for a fact you haven't reached out to them in a while, and you don't know anything about them, I don't know their favorite color, I don't know if they're eating, I don't know if they're, they're okay, I don't know where they're working, you've kind of lost contact of those family members because they live so far away, and of course you have reasons, but sometimes we, we say that as an excuse, and I'll be the first to raise my hand family that lives far away and I've lost touch with them well it's simply because nowadays you can reach out through Facebook you can reach out through FaceTime Uh, I'm saying all the Apple um, devices I don't know anything for Android but you can reach out through a phone call through text anything you can send them a voice memo Uh, I'll send that to my friends we're often a lot really really busy so I don't have the time to answer every call that they give me and say hey I got 50 minutes for you What we like to do is we like to send memos. So I'll record my voice saying, hey, brother, praying for you. Um, I, I heard that you're doing this. I heard that you're doing that. Love you, man. See ya. I'll send the recording to them, and they'll answer when they want. So that seems a lot easier for the busy people, all right? So take note, that actually works. They'll answer on their own time. But what I'm trying to get at is we lose touch with those that we love, right? And it's the same with God. So you communicate with others through text, prayer, maybe in person, meet up for coffee, lunch, dinner, stop by their house. But with God, you keep that close connection through prayer. And I know I'll be the first to raise my hand once again to say there's been those moments in my life where I feel far from God. And then I, I think about my week, and I'm like, well, out of a seven-day week, I, I prayed in, intentionally not just before a meal, but I, I put time aside to pray just twice within seven days. Well, that explains why I feel so far from God. Because I haven't spent time in prayer. So firstly, my first point is, pray in agreement with God. It, that's what it means to pray in the spirit. Pray God's word. The Lord forgives. There's rejoicing when another sinner turns to God. Rather than 100 religious people, God doesn't forsake you. He's redeemed you. He's going to redeem the earth, and He cares for everything that is within your life. If He cares so much for the sparrow, how much more does He care for you? And you might not know that He cares all that much for you because you haven't spent time with Him. And we're going to get into what it means to pray. All right? So, the first point pray in agreement with God. Now, what does it mean to pray? Uh, there might be some of us here today that you might have prayed, and it's it, it might be that typically it's when others pray, you pray along with them, right? And that's totally fine. There is no judgment here. But what I, I want to teach you this morning is that you can pray in any way. It's not only when you're in church on a Sunday morning with your head bowed because the pastor told you so. Bow your heads. There's always that kid that's like, I don't want to. I don't like to do what the pastor tells me. But it's not only then. It is then, but not only then. You can pray while you're on your way to work. You can pray while you're frustrated at work. You can pray while you're at home chasing a diaper. Isn't that wild? You don't have to wait till you're here in solace. And, uh, I mean, solitude and silence to go, now I feel it's appropriate to pray. Thou art, Lord, very good. You don't have to pray in Shakespeare. You can pray in the way that you love to speak to people. So I know there's people down south praying in a certain way compared to uh, differently to those that are in the north. Those are in a different country in a different language. So I I want you guys to get rid of uh, the stress that might be upon yourselves to pray in a very specific, structured way. When you pray, stand up. When you pray, sit down. I I wouldn't lay down. You'd probably fall asleep. But you can pray in any way. And that's really my next point. Verse 18 says this. And pray in the spirit on all occasions. And that's what I'm diving into. So my second point is this. Pray continuously in all occasions. All right? It's, it's, it's original. I just took what the scripture said and made it a point. Pray in all occasions. You might say, all of them, I mean, no matter what I'm going through, if you are angry, if you are upset, if you are nervous, if you're preparing for a job interview, no matter, I can go on and on. We get the point, right? But no matter what you're going through, pray to the Lord for strength, for peace, for help. Lord, keep my eyes awake as I drive home after a long day of work. Lord, give me patience as I speak to my child about discipline. Lord, give me love in the midst of discipline, whatever it may be take this time to apply it to your own life pray in all of all occasions you might need patience you might be nervous you might need help help from god for provision maybe you have health problems pray in those instances i want to turn to 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 it says this rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances and for this, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. It's hard sometimes. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. We're encouraged in there to pray continuously. That doesn't mean you always have your eyes shut. Don't pray while driving with your eyes closed, by the way. And if you didn't know that this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer afterwards for everyone that thought that that was something valuable. But pray in all circumstances. Hebrews 11.6 says this. God's word. And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you come to the Lord in prayer. In selfishness. The Lord might be telling you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. But that's definitely not the way I'm going to work in your life today. But if you come to the Lord with your own desires, and you say, Lord, I know what I'm desiring right now in my anger, frustration, um, my disappointment. I know it's not aligned to your word, and I know it's not Christ-like, but I bring that to you anyways, and I ask you, correct my spirit. Allow me to be aligned with what you have for my life. Then it says here that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. All right, so you know that beyond today, You can pray in any circumstance, and when you pray, he will reward you for earnestly seeking him. Now, there's a difference. We can can earnestly seek him for just the benefit, just the blessing. But what's even better than that is when you pray and ask the Lord to transform you into the likeness of his son. And that means when you earnestly seek him, Lord, work in my life. Make me reflect the light that comes from your son, Jesus. The Lord is going to reward you for seeking him. That's an awesome promise. I don't know about you, but that's I like that. Reward for earnestly seeking God. Well, cool. I'm going to go lock myself in a hut and pray for 24 hours straight. Cuz it says that he's going to reward me. But all jokes aside, we have that promise from the Lord that he will reward those that earnestly seek him. Point number 3 is this. Pray for other believers. And there's been moments in my life where it's like, Lord, it's hard enough to pray for myself. I don't even know what to say about myself. But you're asking me to pray for others? You know that the Spirit is really working in your heart and in your life if you have a burden to pray for other people. That is a mark, a a spiritual mark of Christ's likeness in your life. If you have a burden, to pray for other people. Because what that takes is that you look beyond yourself. You look beyond your, your needs. And you say, Lord, I have all this. I, I really want to get to that. And it it has my name stamped all over it. But, Lord, I want to push that to the side for right now. And I want to intercede for those that are hurting, those that are dealing with pain, physical pain, those that are dealing with being um, running away from their home country, those that are in Afghanistan, running from what they thought was their home. Lord, I want to put that aside, and I really want to get to that, and I'm tempted to, you know what, start praying about myself, but Lord, I want to pray for those that I met in church today. I want to pray for the youth that are going through a tough time. I want to pray for my sister, so on and so forth. If you have learned and you have been transformed to pray for others, it means that at one point in time, maybe daily, that you've had to put yourself to the side. The church has the same mission, and we can only grow together if we have a burden for one another. In First Peter 5, verse 9, it says this, resist him standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And in that time, he was speaking about Persecution. Hardships, being neglected, being outcasted for being followers of Christ. But we can apply that to that exact thing. But we can also apply it to just the daily sufferings that we all go through. So you might say, why why pray for other people? It says here that believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And I'll even add, in our own context that sometimes we know that that suffering is worse than what we're going through. And I'm sure it's maybe come out of your mouth before, but it could always be worse. Maybe that phrase, you have said it before, it could always be worse. Driving home one day, it's pouring down. This was probably the first day I came to visit Rocky Mount Baptist Church, two and a half years ago. And on the way home, it was pouring down rain. Um, and no one knew I was visiting that day. I just came incognito. You know, came with a little uh, cape on. No one could see me. Kind of came in here, and I left. No one saw me, right? I was coming to check out the church, and I loved it. But what I'm trying to say is this. On the way home, it was raining, and I got a flat tire. And I didn't know where I was going. I just kind of punched it in the GPS. I didn't know my way around here. I still don't. Paul, don't say anything. I'm directionally challenged, okay? Um... And I thought to myself, this this is the worst that it could be. My life, woe is me. I have to change my tire in the rain. I got out, started changing it. Wasn't strong enough. All right. Started pulling out the bolts. This guy stopped behind me. This, you need help with that, sir? I said, please. I'm, I'm a short guy. I'm strong. But he was stronger. Okay. So he came and just went boop. There you go. And he helped me. And we got the, the tire changed. And afterwards, I said, Lord, thank you, because it could, be, it could be worse, I thought to myself. But there was a point when it happened that I thought, this is, this is the worst part of my life. It's just because I was in the moment. But afterwards, I thought, it could be worse. There are people that don't have a vehicle to change a tire on. There are those that don't have a vehicle to drive to church. Maybe it's in the United States, maybe somewhere else in another country, But I learned in that moment to give thanks for what I had. And when it comes to those words coming out of our mouth, it could be worse. And although that's a worldly phrase, it's somewhat true, and it could be a biblical phrase as well. I'll find a verse and come back to you next week. But it could be worse, and it is worse for a lot of believers. So, again, the point, pray for other believers, because we know that there are those that are suffering a lot more than we are. There are those that are experiencing restrictions for COVID a lot worse than we are today. All right? The worst we had it, let me just kind of dumb it down a little bit. The worst we had it is that we had every other pew blocked. The worst we had it is that when you came in or walked into a restaurant, you had to show that you had a mask and then you could take it off to eat. That's the worst we had it. And I know for a lot of people, they've been really going through it in the sense of someone in their family has passed away because of this virus. Across the world, people can't even leave their homes. So pray for those that are suffering more than we are. That's point three. Lastly, pray for yourselves to be a strong witness. Let's read verse 19. Paul says, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fears, fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change, chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, I just spoke about all this spiritual stuff. Can you pray for me? Because he was suffering in, in this moment. He had been through so many beatings. He had been in jail or house arrest. That doesn't sound too pleasant. But he was going through a lot of sufferings. And at the very end, he says, I put myself aside and I was praying for you all. And this message is for you all. But now I want to I ask, can you pray for me? We don't want to read too far into it, but it's pretty spectacular that he's gone through so much he, doesn't, he, he might mention it, but not for his own benefit. Not saying, look what I've done. He even has a chapter. He says, don't boast in the things that you've gone through for Christ. Boast in the Lord. He's, he's pointing everything away from him, saying it's all about God. So, again, he asks for prayer here. And my point is this. Pray for yourselves to be a strong witness. During all that Paul has gone through, He could have said a lot of different things. Pray that I may be released from these chains. Pray that I'm just taken to heaven. Pray that I'm in the comfort of my own home eating pita bread with hummus. Pray that I'm at home with my family. Pray that I'm able to see everyone and just be far from danger. But he prayed pray that. And it, it really sh- shocked me to the core that he prayed, while I'm in these sufferings, pray that the Lord gives me boldness and, f- and fearlessness to continue to share the gospel. He was in danger, been through so much, and he prayed, above all else, Lord, help me to be a good witness for you. Help me to share the love of Christ. So maybe today you're going through some suffering. Maybe today you're going through some hardships. Our prayer can be, as we can follow the example of Paul, Lord, as I'm dealing with these hardships, as I'm trying to raise these children, as I'm trying to work to the best of my ability, as I'm trying to do better for my family, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm so on and so forth. Above all else, Lord, let me share the love of Christ. Even in this suffering, even in these hardships. That's a bold prayer. As I conclude, I wanted to share my sermon idea that you might be saying, okay, we talked about the fight, the spiritual battle we're all going through. We talked about the equipment, everything that makes a believer a believer, salvation, belt of truth, the gospel, shield of faith. What about it? I like to ask when I'm, when I'm preparing, I like to ask myself, so what? Or when I read the word, so what? It's not me looking up to God saying, this makes no sense. No, it's me saying, I read it, so what? Consciously, logically thinking, now what happens? What is this for? So I asked myself this morning, so what? I want to leave you with this. When we pray, we are actively fighting against the enemy with God. I know I talked about your, your sufferings, your hardships, but there's so many sides to the battle. There's things that are happening within our lives individually, and then also stuff happening in the spiritual realm. Do you know that when you pray to the Lord, you can pray with confidence and full authority because you've been given authority through Jesus Christ? You're not praying in the name of Jacob. God forbid I ever do that. I'm not praying, and there's no strength, there's no power in that. So say I do say it. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing in the spiritual realm moves. They just laugh, like, oh, great. But when we pray in the name of Jesus and his power, forgiveness, redemption, love for us, things happen in the spiritual realm that we do not know. So if you come in contact with just something that doesn't seem at all close to God, you can say in the name of Jesus. And maybe you have a a wrong mindset one day. You can even pray over yourself and say, in the name of Jesus, I eradicate these thoughts from my mind. Maybe you're being tempted in whatever which way. We all have different weaknesses. You can pray, in the name of Jesus, deliver me from this. There's power in the name of Christ. So when we pray, we are actively fighting against the enemy with God. As I close, I want to share one more verse with you. It's Matthew 25 verse 1 through 13. Matthew 25, verse 1 through 13. Let's read. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. In order to keep the lamp lit, you had to have oil. Verse 4, the wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. Pause. There are those that went out with the lamps with oil and those that went out with their lamps without oil. One's going to stay lit. The other one is going to go out. Verse 5, the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they, and they all became drowsy and fall, fell asleep. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. What in the world does this mean? The battle is in the spiritual realm. The equipment is what we went over with, the armor of God. The battle and how we fight, how we take action is through prayer. Now, what it's talking about is giving your life to Jesus, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that you may spend eternity with him when he comes back. But what prepares us for that moment? What prepares us for the moment that we do not know when it's going to come? The hour, the day, the second where Jesus is going to return, and you're either ready or you're not. Prayer is going to prepare us for that. Okay? Prayer is going to prepare us for that. And it's a sad occasion in these few verses that there are those that are ready and those that are not. But you might ask, okay, that's good and dandy, but how? It's through prayer. And I want to remind you, as I did earlier, that the way that you can release yourself from the stress when you pray. I know we all somewhat have these expectations. I need to say the spiritual words. I need to say redeemed at least five times. I need to say justification twice. And I say Jesus like 20 times. And then my prayer is acceptable to God. No. Pray in the words that just simply come out of your mouth. All right? There are those that are holy and those that are not, okay? But pray as you pray To the Lord, have a conversation with him. Say, Lord, I'm waking up and I'm not feeling okay. I'm a little grumpy this morning. But Lord, I come to you regardless of how I feel because you're good. Or maybe you're praying for your family members. You're saying, Lord, they've really made me upset. I'm really not in the mood to go say hi to Aunt Lucy today. But Lord, I ask you to work in my heart. You can come to the Lord honestly. Your honest prayers do not offend God. Okay, so I hope that you're released from the the pressure to pray in a certain way. Remember, you don't have to pray in Shakespeare. Pray like you're having a conversation with the Lord. But as we end in prayer, maybe you've realized throughout this time that I feel far from God because I I haven't been praying. I feel somewhat far from God because I haven't been actively seeking him and his will. And for my last example, maybe you feel far from God because every time you do come to the Lord in prayer, it's out of your selfish, selfish ambition. And it's not out of what God can do in your life. But you're coming to God with your agenda saying, God, this is my blueprint. I need you to step in here. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Amen. God doesn't work on our plans. It's a matter of us making our lives part of his plan. Let's pray. Dear Lord Heavenly Father, God, we're encouraged by your word. That, Lord, there's a a spiritual battle going on in this world that we do not see, but we are aware of because it says it in your word. And, Lord, there's a spiritual battle going on within our own souls. And sometimes we don't really notice it, Lord. But there's a spirit and there's a sinful nature Battling it out within every soul in this place. And Lord, I ask you to do a work that we may pay more attention to what you have for us. So that we can grow in the likeness of your son. Rather than feed the sinful nature and grow further and further away from you. And Lord, we're we're met with decisions every day. Lord, allow us, help us, give us the spirit, your Holy Spirit to live within us that we may make those conscious, logical decisions to live for you instead of living for the world, instead of living for evil. We pray in your name. And for those this morning that want to get right with the Lord, have realized the reasoning why they don't feel close to the Lord, maybe today's the day that you can come to God and say, Lord... I'm back home. Lord, I want to rekindle my communication with you. Lord, I want to live for you. Today is the day. Pray with me. Dear God, please forgive me of my sin. Dear God, allow me to turn towards you. And as I begin this journey, God, may you help me. May you give me the resources that I may grow in the likeness of your son, Jesus. God, I I continuously confess that I've sinned and fallen short of your amazing holy standard. And as I realize that, Lord God, I say thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that I may meet that standard through his bloodshed. Lord, help me today and help me continuously pray and keep up the communication with you. Amen.